Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast, but before we jump into this week's episode, I want to give you a little fact of the day. Most of our listeners are women. Shout out to all you ladies. Um, But ladies, I got a quick question. Are you married? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a best friend that's a guy? Maybe they're like me. They like to shower uh, a lot. They wash their face a lot. And so I use Mary Kay Men Daily Facial Wash. My mom got me started on it. She got me started on the Advanced Facial Hydration Sunscreen. Uh, SPF 30, I throw that on before we got on the lake or any time during the day to make sure my face doesn't burn because my face is the first thing to burn, especially my cheeks. And then I use the advanced eye cream. Why? Because I stay up really late, wake up very early, and I am exhausted. But the great thing about the eye cream is it helps the bags and dark circles under my eyes not look as bad so people can't tell that I've been staying up all hours of the night. And one product that I use that's not from the Mary Kay men's line is called TimeWise. It's an age-minimized 3D night cream. I really have to use a lot of lotion at night. Especially after I shave, my face dries out, especially as it's getting colder weather now. And I love the smell. I love how well it moisturizes my face. Uh, So ladies, get them for your men. Um, Obviously, Mary Kay has tons of products for women as well. Or to all the guys listening, um, try any of these products. And there's more products than I just mentioned, but that's what I use on a daily basis, and I love it. Uh, You're probably thinking, how can I get these products? Well, I'm glad you asked. My mom, I call her mom, but her name is Tina Hearn, T-I-N-A-H-E-A-R-N, and you can find her at www.marykay.com forward slash forward slash T Hearn. That's marykay.com, two forward slashes, the letter T and Hearn. That's how you find her. So you can get all your products right from your computer. You can order them online, get them shipped right to your door, and you won't regret it. Um, She has helped so many people as an independent beauty consultant with Mary Kay not just me. Bethany gets a lot of her products from her, um, and she has sensitive skin. So even if you have sensitive skin and you have to be careful, but she uses a few things from my mom. Maybe your skin's a little uh, drier, so you use these moisturizers like I do. But I recommend these products, and you will absolutely love them. So you'll want to check them out. Like I said, that's marykay.com forward slash forward slash T Hearn. Reach out to her ASAP. Thanks so much, guys. Let's dive into this episode. Hi, I'm Kenneth Tyler Hearn. And I'm Bethany Hearn. And this is the Free Life Podcast. The podcast where we learn how to walk in the free life, what that means, what that looks like, and we want to help you guys live your free life as well. Because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Hello, everyone. Uh, It's so weird not being with Bethany, but... It wouldn't be March Madness if Bethany were here, because Bethany's not a man, if you haven't figured that out. Um, also, if you haven't figured it out, it is March, March Madness, March Madness. Um, why are we calling it that? Because it's just a bunch of us men, March Madness. Um, also, side note, I don't know enough about sports, so I asked my father-in-law, March Madness, what football teams played. Come to find out, March Madness is basketball. Yep. But I won't go there. But joining me today 
is my barber, Scotty. <laughs> Scotty, what is your full name? Uh, it's Scott Allen Music. Okay. Yes, sir. I was about to say, because I, I see different things on Instagram or something, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't remember. But Yeah, I normally go by Scotty, but yeah, it's, it's Scott. So Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you my barber for like yep. a couple months now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You hook me up. Yeah. Uh, go, awesome. check it, go check him out if you're in the Birmingham area. Yep. Um, yeah. A lot of our listeners are in Alabama, so if you need a haircut, do you cut women's hair too? Yeah. Well, I don't cut, like, long, but, like, I get a lot of women who want, like, a shorter fade and design and stuff, and I do okay. that, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, because you do the lightning bolts and all the stuff. Yep. You can monogram. Yep. You can put my monogram in the side of yep. my head. Um, but to talk about March Madness, we're also calling it March Madness, not for sports. Right. Um, but just the madness of kind of how we get into stuff. Yep. And, you know, who better than you Mm-hmm. to talk about madness. Absolutely. So talk about kind of your story, your history. Tell us what you want. Yeah. So um, growing up, I uh, grew up in a very worldly environment. Um, I have no church background whatsoever. Um, and so, yeah, my stepdad was a drug dealer. Um, my mom, she worked a uh, full-time job, and uh, she's amazing. You know, she did the best she could to raise us. Uh, my dad was kind of in and out of the picture, um, so he wasn't around a whole lot, but like I said, growing up with my stepdad, a drug dealer and stuff, I was pretty much in that lifestyle, you know, the drugs, the streets, the money, um, all of that. And actually, um, from 15 to 20, I moved out of my home and started living on my own. Uh, my stepdad caught me stealing the drugs from him, which it really was just marijuana, um, not that that makes it any better or anything, but, um, so I'm still in marijuana from him and I start smoking, I start selling drugs and he didn't like that too much. So he kicks me out. Um, I'm, he sends me to North Carolina to live with my dad. When I get there, the first thing me and my dad do is steal alcohol from the food lion down the road, you know? And so, yeah, just like you said, madness. Um, so, yeah, that was like the first thing I did with my dad after not seeing him for several years. Um, and it kind of just began to really go downhill from there. And I reached out to my mom and was like, hey, you know, I want to come home. It's not working out here in North Carolina. Like I said, I'm 15 years old at the time. Yeah. I'm getting in all kinds of trouble. I'm skipping school. I'm just not making good decisions. So I thought if I went back home that it would be better. But when I got back home to Ohio, I couldn't move back in with my mom. So she moved me in with my aunt. Again, poor decisions there got me kicked out of my aunt's house. Then I moved in with my uncle. Um, and my uncle was just living a very perverse lifestyle as well. I started hitting licks, which most people might not understand that terminology. That would be which me. It basically means breaking into people's houses. Um, stealing anything of value. And this was never really my idea. I just kind of followed the people that I was around. And so my older cousins and my uncle was definitely influencing me in that area. So yeah, we're breaking into houses. We're taking stuff. We're selling it for money. Um, My cousin actually ended up spending some time in prison because of uh, the the burglaries and stuff. I luckily never got in any trouble, but at the same time, I never really had a heart to do that. I yeah. felt bad every single time. But it's like the Bible says, we're made in the image and the likeness of God. 
And so even though I did not know God, I still had his spirit in me and I still, you know, felt the convictions, even though I didn't know it was conviction, you know? And so anyways, um, that from 15 to 20 basically was my lifestyle, running the streets, bouncing around from house to house, couch to couch, girlfriend to girlfriend, friend to friend. I did things that I never thought I would do to have a place to stay. Um, and yeah, it was just very rough. I almost felt like a, like a, you know, male prostitute, if you'd say, because I kind of gave my, like my body away to like survive, you know, I'd sleep with this girl to have a place to stay. I'd sleep with this girl to, you know, use her car. And just, that was like what I had. Yeah. And, um, I always believed in God, but I didn't know God. I always yeah. I knew of God. I knew that Jesus was his son. I yeah. knew that he came and he died for us to take away our sins, but I didn't have a personal relationship yeah. with him. And most of the time I talked to God was probably majority of anyone who doesn't have a relationship with him prays when they're in a bad spot. Yeah. So I'm like, God, if you get me yep. out of the back of this cop car, I promise I will never do this again. Yeah. And then you get out of the situation, yep. you go right back to doing yep. it, you know? But there was this one time where I was on an acid trip because I've done almost any and every drug. So I'm on an acid trip and I am not having a good time. And I start praying to God and I'm like, God, and like I said, this was prior to having any kind of relationship with God. I'm like, God, please, please get me out of this. Like, I don't want to be in a permanent (laughs) acid trip. I don't want to spend the rest of my life lost and, and, and just in chaos and madness. So I'm like, God, please, if you get me out of this, like, I promise I'll be done. But it was like, there was something different about that prayer. It was like, I really meant it. And I think God knew that I meant it. And so he took that prayer more serious than maybe any of my other prayers. Um, and so I, I had this vision in my mind. And again, I was on acid. And so it was like very vivid. And it was like I had a choice. I could mean what I was saying to God. And I could go back inside. I would come down off of the acid. And eventually everything would be okay, you know. Or I was looking down the road in Ohio where I'm from. And it was like I could go down this road and be lost forever. And so I said, God, I definitely don't want the second option. Let's go with the first option. And so I go inside. I come down off the drugs. And my best friend, his name is Grant. Um, he was running the streets with me for a while. Now, his story is like the complete opposite. He was raised in church. His grandparents are all saved. Mothers saved. I mean, they're all just living for God. Um, and so they reach out to him and they want him to join this ministry called Eddie James Ministries. Um, and I had never even heard the word ministry. That's how outside of church I was. Yeah. I didn't know what a ministry was. Yeah. Um, so... They reach out to him right after this um, acid trip, right after my prayer, literally the next day. They're like, Grant, we want you to join EJM. We want you to, you know, get out the streets, get off the drugs, get your life together, right? Well, at the time, Grant, I guess, had been to a teen challenge. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know what that is. Um, Basically, like a faith-based recovery program situation. And he had been a part of that, and he just didn't want anything to do with it. 
Yeah. At the time, I wasn't even thinking about any program. I looked at him and said, Grant, your family loves to give you money, so let's just go out there. And literally, like, yeah. this was God just setting it yeah, all up, yeah. but I had no idea. And so we get there. Um, so you'd have been about 20? Yeah, 20 years okay, old. Okay, so yeah. So I guess for those who don't know, if I am if I got this correct, like, Teen Challenge and a lot of that stuff, you have to be, if you're under 18, mm-hmm. you have to be there because you're a gar- minor. Right. But since you're over 18, yeah. you technically could come and go as you please. So I, I'm not going to say it's useless if you're an older adult. Yeah, but yeah. The, like you said, there was nothing really holding you or like make forcing you to go. Right, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, there was nothing that was forcing me to go. And again, I didn't even think this was an opportunity for me. And I wasn't even really looking at it as an opportunity for Grant. I was going for the money. But yeah. when I got there, um, I, I heard his family having this intervention with him. And I just began to start crying in his kitchen. Yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself, like how much I wish that my mother would do this and my grandmother and my grandfather and it's not that my family didn't want to help me. They just didn't know how to help me. Yeah. Because it wasn't like I needed necessarily a rehab or a program. I needed a relationship with Christ. I needed identity. I needed purpose because I didn't have that. I was just yeah. so, so lost. And... um at the time, I didn't know Holy Spirit was just dealing with me in that moment and even was speaking to me because something was telling me that Grant, who didn't want to go to this uh, ministry, didn't want to leave me. And so as we're leaving to uh, you know, kind of just go about our day, I looked to him and I said, Grant, if you're staying for me, I was like, that's the worst decision you can make. Yeah. I was like, I love you. You're my best friend. You're my brother. And I want you to to take this opportunity and do something with it, you yeah. know, um, if go to this ministry, whatever that is, EJM, I, you know, like I said, I'd never heard of a ministry before, but I knew that he had to go. Um, and like I said, I had no idea. I truly believe that this was really God orchestrating my path to, to be, um, to encounter him and to change my life forever, which it, yeah. which it did. And like you said, I had nothing that was, um, like making me go, but I also had nothing that was holding me back yeah. either because I had been living this lifestyle for yeah. five years now, 15 to 20, and I was at the end of it. Um, I wanted something different. I wanted something more, but I didn't know how to get there. Yeah. And that's kind of where God used uh, this family to kind of get me yeah. there. So Okay. So, and I, and I want to kind of go back to something you said not really to expound on it but you know you said you you kind of told god that you didn't want a long trip and you i guess you probably saw a lot of those people and i've heard stories i've never seen people trip on drugs yeah but we always i've heard those stories that people take a trip Mm -hmm. and And it lasts for six months a year the rest of their life and and like you said people you're hanging around you saw all of the long-term effects of right yeah and so the reason i say that is kind of you Kind of how you mentioned it, you, you, I guess you really didn't hit like a bottom, so to speak. You know, yeah. we hear so many people say that I hit bottom, I got arrested, or right. the the whole world. Almost, I hate to say right. the world ended, but yeah. you know, just something like that. For you, it was it it was as if you know you didn't hit, really hit the bottom, so to speak. You just like you said, you got to a point where it just. It got, I guess it got you got tired of it. Yeah. You got because it probably was wearing literally your. That's what we don't talk about. We we talk about all the side effects of just how it reacts to your how it makes your body go mm-hmm. and just 
all yeah. the things, it makes your mind. But literally, it probably wore your body down physically, yeah. mentally, yeah. emotionally, and your well. And I was when I was living in the streets, I was wearing the same clothes every single day. Um, I obviously was like homeless. Basically, yeah. I didn't have a house. I didn't have a home. I didn't have a wardrobe of clothes. I didn't have a shower to take and to change into something. And so I literally was basically homeless, running the streets, like I said, place to place. And it was like, like I said, I was just at this place in my life where I was like, God, I'm done. And that's what I told him. I was like, I don't want to live in a permanent acid trip. That was literally what I said to him, like you said, because it could be long-term because like you said, I've seen it, I've heard of it. Um, and so I was like, God, I don't want that. And it was like, he heard my heart and it was almost as if I felt like God was waiting for me to get to that place in my life. Yeah. Because you know, big picture, he sees our entire existence. Yeah. And that's what I love about the Lord is it's like he paints this love story on how is he going to encounter Scotty? You know, how will he encounter whoever it may be? You know, not just me, it's all of us. How will he encounter Susan? You know, how will he encounter Joe, you know, who may grow up in a situation where they don't really know the Lord, or maybe they do grow up in a situation where they're um, in the church, but still don't really know him. He finds a way to captivate and capture our hearts through our life. And at times I didn't look at it like this, but Eddie, the, um, head of the ministry that I was in looked at me and he said, if you weren't in the position that you were in, would you have considered EJM like you did? Would you, would I have turned to God if my life was good and everything was perfect, you know? Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, I could have looked back and been like, man, my life was horrible, but really I'm grateful for where I was at. I'm grateful that I was homeless, that I didn't have anywhere to go because it led me into the only option I had was the Lord and it led me right to him, you know? That is, that is so interesting that you say that. You're, people almost find it weird when we say stuff like that. Yeah. You're grateful. You're almost glad yeah. that certain things happened the way they did. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, had it not gone down like that. And obviously, you know, none of us want to hit rock bottom. We don't, right. we don't just wake yeah. up in the morning. You yeah. didn't wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I just want to hit rock bottom right. today. Right, um, yeah. And, and kind of like you said with the drugs, you, you knew they were bad. Mm-hmm. But I've also, I guess, kind of speak while we're on that topic. Obviously, you knew they were bad. You knew the side effects. Yeah. But in your body... That's an addiction that... Absolutely. Did you ever get to the point... Obviously, I know you said you got tired of it. Yeah. But did you ever get... I've heard people on drugs get say they get to a point where at first you want to do drugs. Yeah. But then it gets to a point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, yeah. but you're still having to do drugs. Yeah. That I guess that's where you found yourself. Well, and I, I feel like for me, um, and a lot of people might say this, um, but for me, I don't feel like I was ever addicted to any drug per se. I did lots of drugs. I think I was more so addicted to the lifestyle and that was all I knew. I didn't know any other way. And so I've done um, marijuana, I've done pills, I've done crack, I've done acid, I've done meth, I've done almost every single drug you could think of. Um, But I didn't like crave it and I didn't like have to have it but if it was there I turned up if it was at the party we're doing coke let's do coke if it was there and people smoking crack I'm hitting the crack pipe you know and it sounds funny but it um 
you know, that's just how it was. But yeah. now there are other people who like, you know, I have family members who have been addicted to heroin. And that is a whole different ball game. That level of addiction, it is. And I kind of explained it to my grandmother one time when I was kind of trying to share with her the spiritual aspect of life because not everybody really can see it. But I used this example and I said, have you ever seen anyone who was bound to drugs? And they kind of just look heavy. They look weighed down. They look bound, you know, but... Most people just think, oh, they're addicted, but they don't really see the fact that they are bound to these chains of addiction and they are bound to these spirits of addiction. And the moment that they are set free, the moment that they get off this drug or the moment that those chains are broken, the moment that the addiction is broken, they look as if they are a completely different person because those chains have been lifted and those chains have been broken. And so I kind of shared that to her, kind of to open her eyes to see it from the, the spiritual yeah, lens. That, you know? that, that is really um, because we have a fa- I have a family member that um, has been doing drugs for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing that my mom and I were talking about is that and, and this is not to diss them. This is not a, a, a knock on anyone. This yeah. is a serious issue. It's just, let's just be honest. When you do drugs for a long period of time, mm-hmm. it wears on your oh, body. Yeah. And your body looks terrible. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we just think of it as it's the drugs. Right. But like you said, there's also a spiritual aspect. Absolutely. When you're that way down physically, spiritually, mm-hmm. emotionally, yeah. that's what people say kind of like you know you kind of hinted at it sort of that when you find freedom from drugs and addiction and all of that and alcohol and all yeah. of that craziness all of that madness it is truly all over mm-hmm. you see people that are no longer on drugs some people you would never know right and their body sometimes their body almost like bounces back if that's mm-hmm. the right word and yeah. it's so so I yeah. like that you said that that it it truly is more than physical because that's yeah. what it ultimately is I it mean is. Yeah. you know Satan doesn't care about our, our physical bodies right. Satan doesn't care I'm not going to say he doesn't care what we do with our bodies, but Satan is not fighting us over our bodies. Mm -hmm. He's fighting us over our spirit. And if our bodies can get bound down and tied down, if our bodies can go through madness, you know, aside from drugs and alcohol, um, I I was in a leadership class uh, today and it was talking about, and that was a disc assessment, changed a little kind of road trip for a second. Um, Uh, but it was about uh, DISC, uh, personality assessment, and like 70% are I's, or the S's, and they're called um, status quo people. They just like everything the, just to stay the same. Yeah. And to kind of tie it back to the all of that, so many people, whether it be drugs, alcohol, porn, addiction, yeah. XYZ, whatever, Anything. you find yourself in that status quo of... Mm. Just nothing ever changes, and you just yeah. find yourself tomorrow you do drugs. Tomorrow, the next day you're yeah. doing drugs. The next day this, the next yeah. day that. And so nothing stays the same. And if Satan can keep us, like you said, chained down, bound down yeah. in the madness, that's what insanity is, doing the same thing, expecting Over, different yeah. results. Mm-hmm. We find ourselves in a madness that we can't get out of. Right. And people, 
oh, well, one day, tomorrow, yeah. and you may have even been like that. Yeah. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. I'll quit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow comes. Yeah. Like you said, you only prayed when, oh, God, if you get me out of this, I'll change tomorrow. Well, right. tomorrow comes, you keep doing it. Tomorrow right. comes, the next day comes, you're still doing yeah. it. Yeah. And so madness, and, and so the madness is that we never, we never leave. Yeah. And, and, and it's, I think that's what's so crazy about it is that we don't, you didn't, when you were 15, you probably didn't think yeah. at 20, I'm going to be homeless. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, is like you said, I had no idea, honestly, that I was lost. You know, yeah. I didn't look at my situation and look at my life and say, I am lost. And it was an encounter with God it, because it is, you know, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings a man's yeah. heart to repentance. And it makes me think of the time in the scripture when Jesus came up to Peter and he, you know, said basically to follow me, you know, at, when he was on the boat and stuff. And Peter fell to his knees and he said, Jesus, depart from me for I am a sinful man. It was... The goodness of God, it was the goodness of Jesus in that moment that caused Peter to be aware of his sinfulness, that that caused Peter to fall to his knees and say, Lord, depart from me, for I am sinful. And so that's what it takes sometimes for us to really see and want change is to receive that goodness of God. And even in like the real life sense, um, not just God encountering you. When I was in EJM, Eddie, who, like I said, is the head of the ministry, the way that he loved on me as a father, the way that he showed and and taught me who I was by just loving on me and saying, you're my son. And this is not who you are. I made mistakes even in the ministry because it takes a process. You know, it doesn't just happen overnight. So I come out of the world, join the ministry, and I got drunk in the ministry, you know. And Eddie loved me through those moments. And he looked at me and he said, Scotty, this is not who you are. And it was those moments that literally his the grace that he showed me, the goodness and the kindness that he gave me literally began to break off. The mindset of this is just who I am. This is what I need to do. This is who I gotta be. These are the decisions I need to make because uh, that you know people yeah. make those decisions because that is their identity. Yeah, being lost is their identity. Being addicted is their identity. Drugs become their identity. Um, what their family speaks over them. Oh, you'll never change. You'll yeah. always be a drug addict. We're not going to let them at our uh, family functions because they might steal from the house. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Well, that becomes their identity because that is how, and I understand that obviously, you know, you people to have to be, yes. exactly, you have to be smart and they have to guard and stuff. And I understand that. But also too, we have to speak life into people. And it, like I said, it's the goodness of, of God that reveals to people who they are, you know. Yeah. It's not God saying, "Hey, you know, Jesus didn't look at Peter and say you're a sinful man." Peter looked at God and said, "I'm a sinful man." And 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 Jesus didn't have to tell Peter he was for Peter yeah. to admit that, you yeah. know. So, yeah, cuz when you meet Jesus, you really know. And and I like that you went there that how Eddie and so many people need to hear that, that that's not who you are. Yeah. That's not who we are. Um, and that, you know, I, I know, prob- well, I can't say, I don't know all of our listeners, um, so I don't know if they're all Christians or not. You know, mm-hmm. we all try to say that, you know, if you don't know Jesus, today's the best day to find Him. Right. If you do know Jesus, you know, 
hopefully this is helping you walk. Um, that's what the ministry is for, to find freedom. And I think we all lose that sometimes. We yeah. forget that. that yeah. This is not who we are. You know, right. sometimes we get... I remember in my own life, you know, when I was drinking all the time, when I was, you know, when I would go to work, come home, start drinking. And, yeah. I, and I tell Bethany, and sometimes I say it as a joke, but it's really not a joke. You know, it got to the point in my life where I wasn't drinking regular drinks. I was making mixing alcohol with lemonade. And so when I would get home, I would pour a pitcher of lemonade, but alcohol's right. in there. Yeah. And you're, you're a functioning alcoholic at that yeah. point. Let's just say it like yeah, it is. Right. And... You know, I never thought anything about it. Yeah. And then, you know, going back to even high school, when I when I got prescription pills in high school mm-hmm. and offered to sleep with a girl to get them, mm-hmm. you know, you look back and think, that's not who I am. Yeah. That's not... It may, it may be an action. Right. It may be a decision. Yeah. But when you come, when it comes down to it, that's not yeah. who I am. Well, and that's what perverse is, you know. Perversion is taking something that is created to do one thing and using it for something that it wasn't created for. That's good, Scotty. You know, and so if you have a television remote and it was created to operate your TV, but you use your television remote to scratch your back you know it wasn't created as a back scratcher (laughs) and so that is perverse now it sounds funny because you're like wow like that's you know perversion but that's what it is and so we weren't created to live a lifestyle of sin we weren't created to just drink and have sex out of marriage and you know we're not here to judge anyone because we both have been there we've done that you know but the reality of it is we weren't created for that and so anything that is not operating and what it was designed to do that is perversion you know and so really it is i believe god just wanting to get us back to what we were created to do and who we were created to be you know yeah, that's that, that's really good, Scotty. So, um, kind of as we uh, begin to land the plane, yeah. <laughs> what have you learned about God um, that people that have not walked your journey, what do you want them to know about God that you've learned through your yeah. journey? I think I would want them to know that He loves you, you know, because I think that was the biggest thing for me is I didn't really realize how loved I was. And that is because um, growing up, I always felt like I had to perform, you know, to receive love or, you know, whatever. And then also insecurities, which I think we all have. Yeah. Um, me, even now to this day, I have psoriasis, which is a skin uh, disorder. And it kind of causes me to feel insecure. And then it's kind of hard for me to receive love. And I remember at a time, I didn't know if, you know, you hear the stories of like the lepers and all that stuff. And they like, you are not supposed to touch any lepers, be around any lepers or anything like that. But it was like Jesus came and he touched lepers. You know, he loved them and he was moved and had compassion you know, to touch them, to love on them, to heal them. And so it's like, man, when I realized that in spite of what I look like, in spite of the things that I have done, the things that I have said, that I am loved. 
And that is what changed my life. Um, And just to share another quick little story, kind of like I said about the goodness and the grace of God, there's this movie, I don't know if you've seen it or if anyone who's listening might have seen it, but it's called uh, Los Miserables. And it's kind of an older movie, but there's this scene on it. This guy gets out of prison. He was in prison for like 25, 30 years. Oh, yes, I remember. Yeah, and he gets out of prison, and he's trying to find somewhere to stay. This lady points him in the direction of a priest's home. So he knocks on the door. The priest says, come in. He says, do you know who I am? And I think he says something like, I know who you are, right? And he's probably thinking, you're a child of God, you know? So he comes in, and the guy means, do you know who I am? I'm a prisoner. Again, goes back to identity. So he, he brings him into his home. He's feeding him. He lets him stay the night. The man says, the prisoner says to him, you know, Thank you for giving me this, uh, you know, meal, for giving me a place to stay. Sarcastically, he says, by morning time, I'll be a changed man. Well, the priest is like, I'm holding you to that statement. You might have been meant it sarcastically, but I'm holding you to that statement. Well, in the middle of the night, the guy robs the priest, yes. steals the silver out of his home. And this was in like England. And so way back then, silverware was really silver. So he's stealing all this silverware. Um, and the priest comes downstairs. The man knocks the priest out and then he leaves. The cops find him, bring him back to the priest who he said he got the silverware from. Priest is standing there with a black eye, you know, and he said, the cops say, this man says that he got this silverware from you. The priest looks at the man in the face and he says, he did get it from me. He doesn't make it sound as if he stole it. He makes it sound as if he gave it to the man. Um, And the, the man who was the prisoner was confused because he's like, I stole this from you. Why would you not turn me into the police? Well, he looks to the man after the police let him go. And he says, with this silverware, I have purchased your freedom, you know? And he looks at the man and he says, now go and be a changed man. And so the rest of the movie, the guy ends up becoming like the mayor of the town. And that moment of grace changed the trajectory of his life. And I think that's what I would want people to, to know is the grace of God. The, that, and I would want them to know that grace isn't just a band-aid that you put on top of your mistakes and your sin. Yeah. But grace is a powerful um, tool that the Lord uses to transform us, to change us, to, to break chains off of, of our yeah. life. It's not just, here's grace, you messed up. You know, Here's grace, you sinned. But it's like, no, grace enables you to be who it is that you really are yeah you know so yeah yeah no that that's really good so so that and that that was my next question is kind of what you want to tell others and kind of how they how you've learned who god is and how you better want them to understand god so you've answered kind of two or three questions in one which i always (laughs) love and i joke uh, with my pastor friends that you know it's really good sermon when the worship leader picks out a song that goes with the sermon right so so i'm glad that you've been able to answer kind of multiple questions in one um, that just means that we're on the right track. Exactly. Um, but is, are there any final thoughts that I think we left out? You shared your story. Obviously, this month is about madness. Um, and I'm going to be, the next episode, I'll be sharing about my personal testimony. I, yeah. Lord, it may be three days long because I can talk <laughs> forever. Um, but is there anything that you, I know you shared your story. We talked about, you know, the madness that held you down and how you found freedom. And, you yeah. know, everybody can find freedom. Yeah. But is there anything else that you want to cover that we didn't? 
I know. I, I just, you know, I think it's an honor and a privilege to to be here, you know, and do this March Madness and, you know, talk about madness with you. And I just really pray and hope that anyone who would listen to this, you know, saved or unsaved would just be encouraged, you know, that uh, they're not alone, um, yeah. you know, that everyone walks through trials and storms. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think this is the last thing I'll say because I have so many, (laughs) so many things that I could, you know, preach on and share on. But there's a scripture um, that talks about how, you know, we are tested, that our faith may be proven genuine, you know, Peter says. And I remember, I'm sure some people may have had this revelation already, but some people may have been like, what? Why would God test us? You know, why would he test us if he loves us to prove that our faith is genuine? And one day I just had the revelation that our faith isn't tested by God to be proven genuine to God because he already knows our heart. So he's not like, you know, let me test Scotty real quick just to see how much he loves me, you know. But we walk through trials, we walk through storms so that our faith may be tested, so that it would be proven genuine to ourselves. So that it may be proven genuine to the person who's walking through the storm to see how strong their faith is, to see how equipped they truly are to endure through storms and trials. And so our faith is tested so that we might, so that it might be revealed to us how genuine our faith and how powerful our faith really is. So that when we walk through those things, I believe that's the purpose of it. I also believe um, that a job well done, good and faithful servant isn't someone who did the miraculous. It isn't someone who wrote 50 books. It isn't someone who preached a thousand sermons. It isn't just someone who saved a million souls. And those are beautiful and amazing things. But even the man who says, but I did this in your name and I did that in your name, the Lord still says, depart from me for I never knew you. So it isn't about works. To me, a job well done, good and faithful servant is you went through hell in this life. You you endured the storms. You walked the trials in faith. You know, you may have crawled into heaven, but you made it. And to me, that is a job well done, good and faithful servant, because no matter how hard it got, you still chose to believe that he works all things out for your good. And that is faith. Because even though it don't look good, you choose to believe, I know he works it out for my good. That's faith. And I believe that's what a job well done, good and faithful servant merits. Yeah, I had to look it up because now, you know, we could go on a whole nother sermon about this. (laughs) But yeah, you know, I had to look up, make sure John 15 was right. You know, it not only talks about, we always quote that, he talks about cutting off the branches that don't bear fruit. Yeah. But it also says that he prunes he prunes the vines with the fruit yeah. so that it can bear more, more fruit. Exactly. But like I said, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day. Oh yeah. But Scotty, it has been so much fun. Um it has been thank you for joining. Um it, it just I have truly enjoyed this and I hope all of you listening, even if you're not a man, um I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you find freedom. Um, You don't have to be a man to enjoy this. You don't have to be a man um, to find freedom. You don't have to be a man um, to truly know, like we talked about, that you you can find that freedom from God. Um, So, as always, reach out to us. Go to our website, freeministries.org. Let us know if you need anything. Reach out to us on Facebook. Subscribe to our podcast. Leave a review. That's how we know what you like. Share it. Tag us on social media. 
And we're in the works of updating the website, getting it as best as we can, doing all that we should. Um, But yes, please leave a review for the podcast to let us know what you think. Share it with your friends, um, wherever, you know, whatever social media you're on. Um, I think that is it. Um, I know that I usually have Bethany to end it with me, but John 8.36 says, Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. indeed. Thank you, Scotty. You took her place. (laughs) Have a fantastic week, guys.